welcome to the Big Wealth Podcast. Today, we are gonna talk about the things we are thankful for in honor of upcoming Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, for me, this is kind of a fun one because of, uh, as I reflect back over the past, oh, I don't know, year and a half, uh, it's been a really interesting journey, I think. Um, lots of things outside of the norm, things that have been very heavy, uh, both, you know, in terms of how people are treating each other when they're overextended, um, you know, the, the clash of political titans, uh, COVID, all of those things I think can be very overwhelming. And I think in situations like that, especially if you experience overextension yourself, it is very easy to get um, stuck in the things that you wish were different about your life. And as much as we talk about dreaming and what your life would be like if you could script it and that sort of thing, I think sometimes when you build out that dream and then you think about how maybe far away that seems, it can be somewhat disheartening right. if you don't have a plan to actively get there. So what we wanna talk about today is gratitude. Really looking at the things that we have experienced over the past year, year and a half. And Eric and I are hoping that in this episode, you get to see a glimpse into our own lives and we're gonna do our best to be truly authentic, I think, um, about the things that have gotten us through or that we have really focused on finding joy, right? Over, over the right. past 18 months. So we'll kind of maybe bounce back and forth um, you know, I, I think that for me, if I look at it, there's a, a couple of things and I'll, I'll start with uh, even my relationship with my spouse. We definitely in the earlier years of our marriage have some ups and downs. And I can remember a friend of ours saying that most people's relationships end the way ours began. Very, very drama fueled, I think. Um, lots of intense arguments, that sort of thing. And um, because we have spent a fair amount of time working on our relationship and learning how to, you know, have fights without fighting, make them more conversational and productive, um, we've had some different outcomes. And Mike and I have been together for a long time, uh, married for 15 years, together for 18. And the thing that I think is really interesting in that context is that when you live with somebody for that long, it's easy to believe that you know them. And the fact of the matter is that we all change and we all evolve. And I feel like over the past 18 months, I've had the opportunity to get to know my spouse all over again because life went from being kind of crazy and feeling like just a ping pong ball from thing to thing to the activity to, you know, birthday it's party frenetic, to sports right? to, yeah, that sort of frenetic area to, hey, we're all stuck in this house together. so you know, where's that going? And at least for us, and I know not everybody has had the same experience. I think that sort of relearning of one another has been really good. And in 15 years of marriage, I would say that this year is probably the first year that we are on the same page financially. And that is, uh, ooh, that's hard to say out loud because I help people get on the same page with their finances all day long and have for about as long as Mike and I have been married. Um, but we finally have kind of created a cohesive vision for ourselves and for our family and gotten on the same page with it. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. And um, I also feel very fortunate because 
the amount of effort that we put into really being there for each other during the the months that we were at home and not really going anywhere, I think has created a situation for us where we're stronger now than we were going into it. And there's an even deeper appreciation for what each of us brings into the marriage. So I would say for me, that's probably the thing that I am most grateful for um, over the past 18 months. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so easy when you're you're just in the rut of life, and and ruts are good. I think ruts are usually actually routine. Uh, uh, routine is probably a positive thing, right? It helps you to sort of okay, this is what we do, right? And when it gets disrupted, I think you can go through a couple of variations on that theme. Is uh, well, that's a disrupted. What else should I disrupt? Because we're disrupting something. Uh, I'm going to disrupt everything, and so I think part of that that gratefulness, I think for us too, is. All right, hey, everything got disrupted, and you know we we didn't just throw everything out and like we'll screw it all. We're we're done. Let's just wreck everything, right? Because I, I think there's there's a fair amount of people that that is their uh, that yeah, is their reality. I, I know many people that have done that. Right, uh, and it's I'm quitting this job. I'm quitting this person. I'm changing this. I'm changing that. And I think part of it is that that lever of. I have something I can control in a, in a situation that feels out of control. And you're pulling a lever that you, you can't unpull uh, and, and a lot of times, right? If you're, if you're quitting jobs yeah. and quitting people, sometimes you, you, can't, you can't put that toothpaste back in that tube, right? That's, that is an un, <laughs> that is, you can't unpull that lever. And so I think part of our gratefulness for that is kind of a little bit of what you talked about is, all right, we, we, we hunkered down, we did the stuff, we, we made it through we looked at their priorities. Like, okay, we're, we used to do all of these things. Which of these do we add back in uh, when life returns back to normal? Which do we go? Yeah, we're not we're not doing that anymore. That's that wasn't serving us, right? So I think I think yeah. that's definitely part of uh, for us some of the good things that happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the other thing that's happened is I've gotten to know my kids better. You know, prior to the shutdown, my kids spent more time with other people than they did with me on a weekly basis because of school and athletics and all of that. And so I would get, you know, whatever they chose to share with me at the end of the day, right? which is not always a whole lot. How was your day? Fine. Who did you talk to? My friends, right? That's all, that's all you get. And then, you know, when you're home for a long period of time, your kids spend more time talking to you and you know, I think with my kids, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to the financial side of things just because this is a financial podcast, right? right. But um, you know, my son is about to turn seven, and he just went with his grandparents to Target, and they gave him a budget and told him he could buy whatever he wanted as long as he stayed within that budget. And um, when they when they came back from Target, he had a bag full of stuff and. You know, it wasn't that it was some crazy amount of money that was spent on these presents, but my mom and my dad were both saying how impressed they were that he could do the math in his head. So as he was picking out different toys, he was adding, okay, well, here's what that plus this would be. So that means I have X number of dollars left. And then he would, you know, add a new toy in and then look at it and make sure those were the best toys that he wanted the most. And then he would take a toy out and put something else in. And I think they spent over an hour in the toy aisle at Target, oh which says a lot about uh, <laughs> their mental fortitude. <laughs> their <patience. laughs> You've got 10 minutes. But, we got to go. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I think uh, for me, what was really neat is that, I mean, Connor is my, um, he, he, I would describe Connor as a pack animal. He is really, um, he's really smart, but he's quietly smart. Whereas his sister's more like me. She's smart and she wants you to know it. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I think Connor is just kind of quietly doing his thing and getting to see his ability with money in particular to prioritize what he actually wants within a budget to me says like, hey, we're on a good path. And he's, he's learning to think in terms of, okay, if I only have so much, what do I actually want to spend it on? And that, that to me is a skill that, I don't know, many of the adults we talk to don't have yet. So to right. see that blossoming in my six-year-old, soon to be seven-year-old, um, was really kind of a neat experience and getting to see that through his grandparents' eyes was also really cool. And so I'm I'm grateful that he is where he is with that. Part of that is, I mean, we, we make them do the addition and the subtraction when they're spending their allowance and that sort of thing. But to see him do it kind of on his own with other people says that the foundations that we're laying are taking and that right. we're being really deliberate and our kids are responding to that. And then I'll add Emily into this one too, you know, um, so we we fund a whole life insurance policy for her college uh, planning. And right now it, it has probably, I don't know, maybe 60 grand in it and she's 10. And um, I think we should be at like 70 to 75,000 in the next two years. And it was interesting because we've been teaching her the same things that we teach our clients, which is that she can borrow against the policy and she can look at purchasing an asset that produces cash flow, which in this case is, you know, we told her to start looking at short-term vacation rentals. And, um, and so she is actively looking so that she can get a feel for where in the country she wants to acquire property. And what has been really neat for me is that I would never have assumed that a 10 year old would really be interested in having those conversations, but she's connecting the dots on her own. And this past weekend, she brought it up and said, listen, I have some questions about how this is gonna work. If I buy a property and the property produces income, I know that the income has to go to replenishing the loan that I took against my policy first. But after that loan is paid back, what do I do with the money? She's like, obviously I wanna save like 80% of it or most of it, but when I get ready to buy a car, if there's enough income coming from my properties, can I use some of that money to buy the car and pay the car payment and to pay the insurance for the car? And I said, sure. And she was like, well, what if I want, you know, this really fancy car? And I was like, well, it means that you have less money going back into your pool of assets, which means you have less money to buy another property when that other property is then what is gonna increase your income. So there's a balance between what you spend and then what gets reinvested to produce more income for you. And she kind of like it clicked and she goes, so rather than buying an expensive car that has really expensive insurance, 
it makes more sense to buy a less expensive car with less expensive insurance because then I can build my money faster and buy another piece of property that will produce more income and then I'll have more income. So if a couple years later I want a nicer car, I'll have the ability to do that. And I was like, oh, like you're grasping this more than some of the adults I know. And she kind of looked at me and she gave me this little smirk and she goes, none of my friends know how to do this. And I'm like, no, they don't. And she goes, do their parents? And I said, it depends on if they're my clients or not. And she kind of giggled and she was like, I don't think most of my friend's parents are doing this either. And I said, listen, girl, what we're trying to do is build you a completely different life so that by the time you graduate from college, because that's mandatory in our house and you have your degree, if you've acquired several properties, I mean, our goal is to get you to a place where you can have a six figure income, regardless of how you're spending your time. And while right now, technically I own these assets, my goal is one day to give them to you when I can see that you're pursuing something that is purposeful and meaningful to you. But I want you to have choices that I didn't have. And what's really cool to me is that she gets it right. And, and I know Connor will get to the point where he does too, because I didn't really start having the in-depth like this depth of conversation with Emily until the past year or so. But how cool is it that a 10 year old gets it right. right. And that she's doing that. And it just, um, I don't know. I feel so grateful for that because she really is going to have a different life than most of the people I talk to, because she's going to have all those foundations from the very beginning. And that, that to me, like, I feel good about that, you know? Yeah, no, it's exciting. Right. It's, and it's exciting to see it happening. Uh, yeah. For me, on that side, from a kid standpoint, I think we I had a, a, a realization, a revelation last week, two weeks ago. And, you know, most most days we uh, my wife always kind of jokes at me that I'm not sure you can tie your shoes. Like, how do you walk out the house every morning? As a I think you have said right? that in the past three or four episodes. Yeah, I know. But I mean, no, she's she's amazing. Uh and she's probably right. Like, I'm not sure I'm, I'm able to tie my shoes. Oh, I 100% days, but... agree that Amy is amazing. <laughs> um, but, you know, most days you're like, man, I, I'm, I'm not doing a very good job as a dad. You know, either you always see the stuff that you're not doing well versus the, the moments you're doing good. And I remember, we, you know, we were, we were going to church the other day and a, a buddy of mine says, hey, uh, your son did the, the prayer this morning in his, in his Bible class. I'm like, oh, cool. How, you know, how did it go? He says, hey, he did a great job. And, and so afterwards, I asked my son, I'm like, well, how did it go? My oldest is named William. I said, how did it go? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know how to say a prayer. I'm like, well, first of all, you didn't know how to say a prayer yet. Like, the, the, there's always a, you're not a genius yet. You're not rich yet. You're not amazing yet. You're not whatever yet, right? You, you've got the ability to go do it. And I said, well, so how did you do it? He says, well, Mr. Jim was there, and he kind of walked me through it and said, all right, here, structure this way think about these things talk about these things these are really good right and then I just kind of he walked me through it and I knocked it out right I'm like well, this is cool and it reminded me I was like well first of all my kids are learning some cool stuff and whether they're not whether they're amazing at stuff or not they they will be and they have the ability to be uh but second I was like as a dad maybe uh, at first I thought well I'm I'm not doing a very good job I should have walked him through all of those nuances of how to lead a prayer, right? And I thought, oh, I, I did a better job than that because I surrounded him with a bunch of other cool people that are really, really amazing people and they're all watching out for him. And so it's, uh, it sort of reminded me that the, this, the community that we have around our kids is a pretty cool, a pretty cool community and that they're, they all have our kids, well, they have all the kids' best interests, but 
they're they're really just excellent people, and they uh, and they're they're looking out for them and, and working to even when I'm not in the room make them better humans. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's kind of cool, and it's it's not a shot that I should have been doing at all, but I did it all because I surrounded with all those cool people, uh, which is kind of neat. And it sort of reminded me of kind of what what has become sort of my mantra, uh, sort of at the end of COVID and re- realizing that I need to turn off the bloody news. Uh, there's a passage from uh, from Philippians four. It says, uh, "Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy, think about these things." And it reminded me that I think a lot of times we get sort of sucked into the crap of life because it's exciting uh, and it's fun to look at the crap and the train wreck and the whatever. But uh, I, I think one of those things that we we get to kind of see and that I'm grateful for is like you know we have the ability to to turn off the news and to turn off yes. Facebook and to turn off Instagram and turn off all the crap and refocus on the stuff that's... On what matters. Well, the stuff that matters and the stuff that will matter for long after we're gone. Because, um, right. uh, you know, I'm, I may be in this job for the next 40 years and I may not, but I'm going to have those kids for as, as long as I will be here forever. I know you'll hunt me down even from the grave, right? But like I'm... Uh, this thing will pass away and will grow and change and everything will grow and change. Right. But those kids and the impact on them is generational. And so if right. I, if I can focus on, on pouring into them, just like you're doing with yours, that's, that's an impact that's well beyond my years, which is kind of cool. Well, I think that, I think that even speaks to the job itself, right? It's about no pouring doubt. into other people so that they have freedom of time right and that enables them to then pour into their family i know for me in times no of overexpansion uh overextended periods right if you're stressed out and unhappy it's really hard to be a good intentional loving parent yep. and so i think that speaks to the beauty of the work that we're doing with the families that we work with because it really is about how do you relieve all of the financial pressure and free up time so that they can spend more time with their families and loving on their kids and changing right. the trajectory of the future generations? I mean, I think you nailed it with that, right? And it's, I don't know. I mean, this this job is a hard job, right? Because you're dealing with probably one of the most emotional topics on the planet, which is money. Right. Right. And people like to think it's just math and data and spreadsheets. But the fact of the matter is that human behavior in general is motivated by emotion. That's the primary driver. And then right. logic comes up and kind of cleans up the mess or makes it worse in some cases uh, behind emotion. But, you know, I think that that ability to change the course of the future through intentional, deliberate conversation to me, right? Whether that has to do with the moral aspects, the moral ethical aspects of what your kids are doing or the financial aspects of all of that. To me, those are all really interconnected. And, um, you know, and I got to add this on. So I uh, planned a surprise date this weekend and we, um, we were eating dinner and the table next to us was talking about money and it was two younger couples and i was sitting there kind of listening and mike was like don't get involved don't get involved in their conversation just let them be let them be stupid kids like and i but it was interesting because uh 
they were talking about money and specifically brought up the quote that love of money is the root of all evil. And, right. um, right. And I, and I think like idolizing money definitely creates problems. There is no one who's going to argue that, but I just started saying, Oh, the love of hammers is the root of all evil. And it just sounds so ridiculous when you say it like that. Right. Um, I think idolizing anything is yeah. problematic, but understanding that money really is just a tool and that it is meant to help you design a life that you can be excited about and proud to say that you lived, that, that is the whole purpose of money, right? right? And, and um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add one thing in here just because I think it, it makes sense to add it at this point. You know, one of the major, major changes in paradigm shift that I've had over the past year that I think is changing the way I interact with each member of my family and with the clients that I'm serving um, is actually, I think something that was almost a throwaway comment in a podcast uh, that Justin Donald uh, was doing. Justin Donald wrote uh, The Lifestyle Investor and um, he was talking about how he was interacting with his daughter and specifically that their focus is progress, not perfection. Right. And I think that's the one thing that has probably shifted in my own paradigm over the past year and enabled me not to focus on what I don't have yet or where I wish I was, but instead to be grateful for where I am while being very intentional and deliberate about what steps I need to take in order to move into the future in a direction that I can be proud of. And it's changed the way I parent. It's changed the way I interact with my spouse. Um, and I think it is a paradigm that I keep moving towards and then maybe even it slips a little because I've been a perfectionist for a very long time and letting go of old habits is hard, but I am incredibly grateful for that one phrase, progress, not perfection, because right. I think it gives all of us the grace that we need to live in so that we can be joyful in the moment and still be deliberate about what we're creating for the future without well, holding ourselves to an impossible standard. So um, that- <coughs> Well, it's that phrase yet. Been... It's the word yet, right? Yes. Just add the word yet Correct. to the end of everything you're gonna talk about in your head, right? Right. So uh, if you're, you're not your there yet. Right. Yeah, if you're not there yet, I think maybe spend some time thinking about what's good about your current situation and then how you maybe would change that in the coming year. Um, yeah. And I think right now is the right time to be thinking about that as we're spending time with family and extending grace into those relationships and really focusing on how we can contribute in a way that makes the world better, right? And I think you yeah. can only do that if you are coming from a place of gratitude. Yeah, because you, you've already gone through so much and you're not dead yet. Right. So keep so, going. So, with that being said, happy Thanksgiving. Happy we Thanksgiving. hope you have a wonderful holiday and enjoy your family. And we'll see you next time. Right. See ya.